come in and want to hear the music. Maybe. I hope so. We'll have to go on fish. We may have to go on fishing expedition if they don't come on. You gotta turn it on this time. Hmm? You gotta turn it on this time. I do? I don't. No, I don't. Thank you. No, I didn't turn it back on either. Well, no. Well, it was still going, so. <clears throat> it didn't make no difference. All right. Well, it's time, y'all. Let's get us a songbook. And let's turn to 109, 109. Stand together and sing. Send the light. There's a call comes ringing for the restless waves. Send the light. Send the light. There are souls to rescue. There are souls to save. Send the light. Send the light. Send the light, the blessed gospel light, let it shine from shore to shore. Send the light, the blessed gospel light, let it shine forevermore. We have heard the Macedonian call today, send the light, send the light. And the golden offering at the cross we lay. Send the light, send the light, send the light. The blessed gospel light, let it shine from shore to shore. Send the light, the blessed gospel light, let it shine forevermore. Let us pray that. Grace me everywhere about, send the light, send the light, and the Christ-like spirit everywhere be found, send the light, send the light, send the light, the blessed gospel light, let it shine from shore to shore, send the light, the blessed gospel light. Let it shine forevermore. Let us not grow weary in the work of love. Send the light, send the light. Let us gather you for a crown of love. Send the light, send the light, send the light. The blessed gospel light. Let it shine from shore to shore. Send the light, the blessed gospel light. Let it shine forevermore. Well, praise the Lord. It's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. And good to see all of y'all. Amen. Hope hope everything's been going all right. Amen. Any prayer requests we have tonight? Okay. Anything you knew? Well, 
checked with the hospital. He's just, he's just laying there. Mm. I should just wait. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Y'all please pray for her. Pray for her daughter, Carla. <clears throat> and pray for our family. Um, let's see. What else I have on my... Oh, that little boy Benjamin, I, you know, they said that he was seeming to do better. And praise God for that. That's just, Donnie said, you know, they were just really scared that that, that baby wasn't going to make it. They were starting to think that it wasn't. And praise God, it looks like he's made a turnaround and prayer works. We all went to praying and I know it wasn't just us. I know there was a lot of other people praying, but thank God when God's people pray, God answers. And I'm thankful for that. So y'all keep praying about that little boy that he, keeps improving and pray for his parents. I don't know what their spiritual condition is. Don't know anything about them, but but you know, God God rescued their baby out of the clutches of death. That 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 sometimes gets your attention. And I sure hope hope and pray that that that's what takes place. If that needs to be. Um y'all pray for me. Uh, Michelle Campbell that was here uh Sunday, she's uh talked to me this afternoon. She's uh director over at Deport Housing Authority and and uh, talk to me about maybe getting in there to to uh, teach and preach to the seniors over there, and I'll look forward to that opportunity. I, I love I love doing that, ministering to the folks are on up in years. So y'all pray that works out good for me because I sure would like to to do that. And you never know when you minister there how that can affect somebody somewhere else and reach some other families and whatnot. So I just thank God for every opportunity He gives. Are there any other prayer requests? Say yes, Miss Charlotte. Your shoulder. March the 2nd. Yes, ma'am. We're going to pray for that to go just as smooth as glass. Everything just go good as can go for that. I appreciate everybody's praying for Joanne. Because yes. She did not have all broke bones. She has been sprained and all that. And all right. That was, what did you call it? <laughs> thank God you didn't, thank God you bounced and didn't, didn't break. <laughs> so praise God. I'm glad you're feeling it's sure good to have you here tonight. I'm glad you're feeling better. She just, when she's breathing, her just hurt. That's all. Right. right. I bet. I don't have bruises. No bruises. No bruises. Maybe, maybe they're all on the inside, right? I guess so, <laughs> uh, Anybody else? Anything else? All right. I'm sure there's something I'm missing, something I'm forgetting, but uh, Lord knows what it is. So let's go to his throne and let's. Lift up these requests, Robert. Yes. Amen. You can be seated. mention this. I don't know if y'all read much about it, but have y'all read about that train derailment in Ohio? That's just horrible. They had this mix of chemicals that have gotten in the, that have gone into the air that they say it's like a chemical nuclear bomb. It's just killing everything. 
And uh, and thing, sad thing is the government told people it was safe to go back to their homes before it was safe to go back to their homes. People lungs burning and they leaving and trying to get out of there. A horrible mess. But y'all pray for them. There's a lot of people affected by that. That's over in uh, over in east uh, western Ohio. Two hundred seventy six. Jesus is all the world to me. <coughs> Jesus is all the world to me, my life, my joy, my all. He is my strength from day to day. Without him I would fall. When I am sad to him I go, no other one can cheer me so. When I am sad, he makes me glad. He's my friend. Jesus is all the world to me, my friend in trials sore. I go to him for blessings and he gives them all and all. He sends the sunshine and the rain. He sends the harvest golden grain. Sunshine and rain, harvest of grain. He's my friend. Jesus is all the world to me, and true to him I'll be. Oh, how could I this friend deny when he's so true to me? Following him, I know I'm right. He watches over me day and night. Following him by day and night, he's my friend. Jesus is all the world to me. I want no better friend. I trust him now. I trust him when life's bleeding day shall end. Beautiful life with such a friend. Beautiful life that has no end. Eternal life, eternal joy, he's my friend. Oh, aren't you glad of that? What a friend we have in Jesus, right? Amen. All right, number 283, it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. I 
have found the pleasures I once craved. It is joy and peace within. What a wondrous blessing I am saved from the awful gulf of sin. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, the half has never yet been told. I have found that hope so bright and clear, living in the realm of grace. Oh, the Savior's presence is so near, I can see his smiling face. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. All the hat has never yet been told. I have found the joy no tongue can tell how its waves of glory roll. It is like a great foretelling well, bringing up within my soul. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, the half has never yet been told. Praise God. We ever sang it before? I don't know that we have. We have? Okay. Been a while, though. All right, 499. 499. Bring it in the sheets. Sowing in the morning, sowing seeds of kindness, sowing in the and the dewy, waiting for the harvest and the time of reaping. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. Bringing in the sheep, bringing in the sheep. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheep, bringing in the sheep, bringing in the sheep. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheep. Sowing in the sunshine, sowing in the shadows, fearing neither clouds nor winter chilling breeze. By and by the harvest. And the labor ended, we shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheep, bringing in the sheep, bringing in the sheep. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheep, bringing in the sheep, bringing in the sheep. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheep. Amen. That's all. It, was that a not in my book, is it? Are you sure? I thought we sang three. We sang two. Really? Okay. Well, let's sing that last one. You ready? Going forth with weeping, going for the master, though the loss of faith our spirit often grieves. When our weeping's over, he will bid us welcome. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheep. Bringing in the sheep, bringing in the sheep. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheep, 
bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. Amen. That's like in track where they, they, they jump the starting blocks. I jumped the starting blocks. I thought we was doing Amen. Give me a five-second penalty or something. You need help, sister? Okay. Yeah. Take our Bible tonight. Let's turn to Proverbs chapter twelve. Proverbs chapter twelve. I mentioned I went mentioned Sunday that uh, last Wednesday night the broadcast I did from the from the Dollar General had gotten over 250 views, which was incredible to me. It really, it really, I mean, that's that's much higher than what it has been. But I can tell you that, that after, when Tino Gropi was here, we got a big chunk of his viewership, people that normally would follow him around. They watched us, so I feel like we got viewers uh, that normally follow Tino, and then it has just steadily climbed from there. So I want to take just a second, look at this camera, and I want to do a commercial. I want to tell people, if you're in the area, quit watching us on this and come and visit us in person and find out the friendly folks is here that will love you, and you'll find a church home. So come to 303 Short Street in Clarksville, Texas, and visit us in person at Temple Baptist Church. We'd love to have you here. Amen? Amen. All right. All right, we're going to get into our Bible tonight. And uh, as soon as I find my way over there. <clears throat> but um, we're going to get back into Proverbs tonight, and I won't, I'll try not to go too long because I know we got we're going we're going to have some take my ice cream, and, you know that's important business we got to get to. <laughs> Amen. Correctly, but we're going we're going we're going we're going to feed on the Word of God before we do that. So um, I got to find my place. I think I'm in the wrong. Yeah. No, there we go. All right. All right. Proverbs chapter 12. And uh, we're going to be, we'll, I'll cover verses 1 through 4 last Wednesday night. I thought I'd go a lot further than that. But, you know, sometimes you just you just don't. Sometimes you find some good spots to sit and, and kick the dirt around a while and find out what all you uncover. So thank God for that. So let's go ahead and, and, and we'll just go ahead and pray and we'll just get into it since there's not really a definite text. Let's just go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I love you so much. I thank you so much for, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Lord, for, Lord, for your church. I thank you, Father, for each one that's come together, gathered here in in this place, Lord, and and uniting as your church, Father, to meet and meet with you around your throne and have you speak to us by the Spirit of God, through the Word of God. And, Lord, I thank you for each one who's tuned in to uh, that couldn't be here with us in person, Lord, they joined to hear the word of God. And I pray, Father, tonight that you would dispense it, Lord, from my lips. But, Lord, I pray, the Father, the Holy Ghost power be behind every bit of it. Lord, that it would, uh, Lord, each person's different. We've all got different needs. We've all got different problems. But, Lord, you're able to take the same truth and dispense it to each one and meet specific needs in different people's lives. And, Lord, I ask you to do that tonight. I ask you to... Lord, give us, light our darkness, Father. I pray, Father, you, you give us the truth that we need that will help us 
to solve the issues that that sin has created in our life, that, Lord, others have created in our life. Father, give us the wisdom we need tonight, and we'll be careful to praise you. Help us to be careful to comb through the Word of God and get all that we can from it. And we'll give you all the glory tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, we're going to begin there in verse 5. Let me give me a drink of this coffee. Verse 5 says, the thoughts of the righteous are right, but the counsels of the wicked are deceit. Well, that's deep now. We can really, we, that's, not, that's not hard to understand that, but you know, but, but let's look at what it says. I mean, we can, we can gloss over some of these as being real simple, but, but the Bible says the thoughts of the righteous are right, but you know what I know about thoughts in the Bible? The Bible tells us that the word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And judges, it's not just a a, a blase, non-important statement that the thoughts of the righteous are right. We need to understand that our thought life is important because the devil is after your thought life. The devil, you know, that's the part, you you can sit quietly for hours all day long and think nasty thoughts and nobody would know what you were thinking. The secret closet of your heart, and you can do that, and that's why it's important that we our thoughts are right, and and it says the thoughts of the righteous are right because again God is judging those thoughts, and we make a mistake if we think that we're just free to think whatever we want to think and roll around whatever thoughts that we want to roll around in our mind, like we somebody rolling a hard candy around in their mouth and just enjoying it. You know, Billy Sunday said a long time ago said. You know, you, you can't stop a bird from landing on your head, but you can keep it from building a nest. You know, and, and that's that's kind of where our thoughts are. You can't, you know, you can't control the thought that runs through your mind, but you can you can let it run on out. You don't, you don't have to stay and run circles. And so we, we need to be careful what we think about. Our, our thoughts are under divine knowledge, and therefore they ought to be under divine command. God ought to be the God of our thought life, not just our our physical existence. Romans 12, 1 and 2, Paul says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a a living sacrifice. He says, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And then the second verse is where I'm really aiming at. And be not conformed to this world, because this world will conform you in your thinking. This world is trying to conform you you, to your thinking. Uh, There's a war on for my mind and for your mind. Satan wants to have the thoughts of of our life. He wants to control those thoughts. He wants to to direct those thoughts. And God tells us not to be conformed to that. So we need to understand So If God is telling us not to be conformed to all that, then we need to be constantly aware that there is pressure to conform us to all that. And so we have got to resist that. That's why the Bible says resist the devil and he'll free, free from you because he's always trying to get you conformed to his way of doing things. Uh, you know, every billboard sign up down the highway, they're trying to get you to conform to something. They're trying to get you to think like them or want what they want or do what they do or buy what they're selling. The devil's doing the same thing. God talks about it, the merchandise of his trading over there in Ezekiel 27 where it talks about the prince of Tyre. 
but that's it's a description of the devil and how he, he's constantly trying to make merchandise of us. You know, Jesus said to Peter, uh, you know, Satan has desired to sift you and plead. He just wanted to, he wants to make merchandise of you and buy you and sell you. I mean, he just wants to, he, he wants to destroy you. So God tells us not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of, a, of your mind. So our mind, that's what's at stake. It's our mind that needs to be renewed. And how do we renew that mind? We renew that mind by washing our mind. You need to be brainwashed. That sounds silly, doesn't it, when we say that, that you need to be brainwashed, but you do. It needs to happen with the washing of the water by the Word. When you read the Word of God, it literally washes the garbage out of your head and, and, and implants the truth of the Word of God. And we need that. We need to be washed. He says, renew in your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Who, if the thoughts of the righteous are right, if we if we have God's thoughts in our in our mind, and we need again, we need daily to 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 wash our mind by reading the Word of God, by studying the Word of God, and letting the Spirit of God take the Word of God like like soap and just clean us up because that's what needs to happen. And in it again. We ought to pay close attention to the thoughts and the intents of our own heart and judge ourselves by them because those things come from our soul and they represent the real us. What we sit and think about all day, that's the real us. And so if if, if our thoughts are continually things that ought not be, then we need to stop and think about that. We need to judge ourselves. The Bible says we judge ourselves, we should not be judged. So we need to be careful to judge our own thought life and make sure we're not sitting around thinking bad thoughts about somebody else or thinking, boy, I wish such and such and bad would happen to them. I mean, listen, we'd be careful what we think about. Um, right thoughts are the best evidence of a righteous man or a righteous woman, somebody who's thinking good thoughts, thinking right thoughts. That's evidence of what, what's in you coming out. And uh, just as wicked thoughts and wicked imaginations proves a man wicked or a woman wicked. A good man, now, like I said, a good man can have wicked thoughts cross his mind, but the Word of God instructs him what to do with those wicked thoughts when they do cross his mind. Second Corinthians 10, 5 and 6 tells us casting down imaginations. It's like, just like, I, I know I've seen, I've seen plenty of people do it. If a horse fly gets in their face or a bumblebee gets in their face, what are you doing? You're swatting that thing down. You ah, running around, hollering, screaming, jumping around like an idiot, swatting something out of your face. Look, we're serious about it. When that bug gets in our face, it's gonna go up our nose, and we gotta get it before it gets in our eye. You know, when the devil comes at us with imaginations, we need to be just as quick to swat them things down before they they latch on and go to biting on us, and and, and something festers there. So again. We're, we're, we're to cast it down, every, imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, any wicked thought, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, having a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So when you cast it down, whatever wrong happened because of it, we ought to be ready to get back and get things straightened out. Anything, any damage has been caused, we ought to want to fix it like that. That's what God's telling us. He, he listen. We need to be careful that our thought life doesn't get out of control. The second half of that verse says that the counsels of the wicked are deceit. The counsels of the wicked are deceit. Psalm 140, 1 through 3 says, Deliver me, O Lord, from the evil man. 
preserve me from the violent man, which imagine mischiefs in their hearts. Continually are they gathered together for war. They have sharpened their tongues like a serpent. Adder's poison is under their lips. There is nothing good about the thoughts of a wicked man except for how he can do more wickedness, how he can do more harm, how he can cause more problems. So thank God I ain't, thank God you don't have wicked thoughts like a wicked man. Amen. Let's keep moving. Verse 6. <clears throat> Verse 6 says, The words of the wicked are to lie and wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright shall deliver them. <clears throat> The words of the wicked are to lie and wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright shall deliver them. When I read that, I immediately thought of a story in the Bible. And I'm sure most of y'all in here know it very well when I started mentioning it. But in the book of Esther, you have the story of of Esther and, and Haman and Mordecai and King Ahasuerus. And, well, just a quick synopsis. I know y'all probably know the story, but there's folks on here that don't. But in chapter 1 and 2, Esther becomes the queen King Ahasuerus of Persia, and she was personally chosen by the king. He loved her above all women. She found favor and kindness with him, uh, and probably it was because her beauty and her intelligence and the fact that she had she had the Spirit of God working with her. <clears throat> but in chapters 3 and 4, Mordecai, who's Esther's guardian, he refused to bow down and pay homage to Haman at a high official for the king, uh, who was a... a uh, he, he refused to bow down and pay homage to Haman, who, is a, who was a high official of the king. Haman got infuriated and plotted to destroy all the Jews in the kingdom because of his pride. Mordecai hears of the plot, the uncle, and he reports it back to his, his niece Esther. And he tells her, you know, you just sit there, if you, you just sit there and remain silent and don't do anything. It don't mean you're going to escape. You're not going to escape all this. And, you know, he says, well, you know, who knoweth whether or not thou art coming to the kingdom for such a time as this. And and then in chapters 5 through 10, the story tells how Esther outwits Haman, and he takes her petition to the king, and he risks her own life and pleads for the protection of the Jewish people from Haman's wicked plan. And the king, out of anger, he has Haman hung on his own gallows that he set up to hang Mordecai on. And, again... I think about that story because what does it say? The, the words of the wicked are to lie and wait for blood. He wanted to kill all the Jews, and he ended up he ended up it ended up destroying him. But the mouth of the upright shall deliver them. When she went in and, and when when she went in and told what had been done, it was curtains for him. <clears throat> Verse seven tonight. <clears throat> it says the wicked are overthrown and are not but the house of the righteous stand. The wicked are overthrown and are not. You know, I know sometimes it seems like, especially in today's world, that you know, good people don't, don't get many breaks anymore. Folks, that God's people don't seem to get many breaks anymore. It seems like the wicked are the ones that prosper. It seems like everywhere you look, it's wicked people who are, they're getting all the blessings and getting all the good stuff and, and, and being successful in life and all those things. But, you know, the thing we need to remember is that their time is short, and their rejoicing is very short. Their triumphing is very short. I mean, right now, 
you got all these billionaires who are just strutting around the world and, uh, you know, your Jeff Bezoses and your Elon Musks and all them, all them big wheels and George Soros's and, and they're just, they're just flexing their muscles and trying to show that they can buy and sell anything they want to buy and sell. You got Bill Gates buying up all his farmland in America, going to try to create a food crisis in, the, in our country. It, there's there's so many evil things going on. I mentioned that plane, I mean that uh, train crash, and how they're trying to they they're gonna let people back in to die. It just it's a beat all I ever seen, and it just seems like you know wickedness everywhere. And and by the way, I don't know if y'all I know y'all surely have heard about the the UFOs that are getting shot down all over the country. I can tell you right now that's just a diversion from something else they don't want you to pay attention to. Is what that is. There ain't no UFOs. Uh, if there's anything as, as devils in the atmosphere, there ain't no U, there's no aliens. But uh, you know, all those things are going on. You know, it's everywhere. But but before long, they're gonna be gone. Their time is very short. It ain't gonna last long. They're, they'll get caught in their own devices. It always happens that way. They, when when the wicked begin to prosper, it looks like everything's going to go good for them, but God pulls pulls the rug out from under them. He always does. <clears throat> and those that roar so loud end up going out with a whimper. The wicked stand in a slippery place. They ain't got good solid footing. You and I do, but the wicked don't. The house of the righteous, the Bible says, stand. The prosperity of the righteous, foundation, and will endure. Death may remove the righteous, but their house will remain, and their families will be kept up, and their generations will be blessed. God will take care of the house of a righteous man, a righteous woman. Matthew seven twenty four through 27, Therefore, whosoever heareth these things of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded. Upon a rock, and every one that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell. For great was the fall of it. But the righteous, the house of the righteous, the Bible says, shall stand. Amen. Because Christ is our rock, and Christ don't move under us. Hallelujah. Though we tremble on Him sometimes, He never trembles under us. Praise God. We have a solid foundation in the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse 8. The Bible says, A man shall be commended according to his wisdom, but he that is of a perverse heart shall be despised. A man shall be commended according to his wisdom. You know, a wise man, a wise woman, people recognize them for their wisdom, and they honor them. For their wisdom, and and the more honor, the more wisdom you have, the more honor you're going to have in life. But you know what? That 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 ain't just true in this life. That's true in the life to come. Amen. The more wisdom you use down here, the Bible said, "He that winneth souls is wise." The person who uses wisdom down here is the one who's going to try to invest whatever they can in the kingdom of God. Again, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The person who's really, listen, the person who uses God's wisdom is going to be blessed, again, not only in this life, but in the life to come. We'll stand before Christ at the judgment seat of Christ, and we'll be rewarded for the things that we did for him 
and using the wisdom of God to do so. <clears throat> the best reputation is the one that goes with righteousness and serious devotion to God. That's the best reputation to have for somebody to say, you know what, that person, that that, that person there, that's a that's a good woman, that's a good man. You you don't ever have to worry about them. They're gonna do the right thing. They they love the Lord. You can tell it in their life. You know, and and, and you can tell because they, they they're they're faithful to church and 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 they speak they speak the word of God when you talk to them, and they live they live in such a way that brings honor and glory to Christ and not a and not a conflict. You know that. Again, a man should be commended according to his wisdom. It, it takes wisdom to know to live like that. It takes wisdom to know that you're that you know every step you make, somebody's watching you. You know, I mean, again, we're we're living epistles read by men, and if we don't we don't use the wisdom that God give us, we'll make a train wreck or a shipwreck of our life. Well, praise God if, if we do it right. The Bible says it would be commended. Again, not just by those that we led and influenced in the right direction, because I guarantee you, when you lay in a box someday, those that you've influenced for God, they're going to be the ones who are going to stand around and say, you know what, that was a good man, that was a good woman. Praise God for them and the influence they had over my life. And you won't, they won't just say it there, but they'll say it up there too. And we'll hear it all over again. Hey Amen. I don't know that we'll hear it when we lay in the box, but we'll certainly hear it when we get up there. <clears throat> Bible, a man a man shall be commended according to his wisdom, but he that is of a perverse heart shall be despised. Person that's got a crooked heart or a twisted heart, nobody gonna praise them. Nobody wants to be around that kind of person because they can't be trusted. You know, again, they're crooked. Their ways are crooked. You put your faith in them, they'll let you down. They'll, they'll hurt you. They got a twisted heart. They'll act like they love you, and then they stab you in the back. There's a lot of people like that. They, and they, they, people call there's a word for it. There's narcissists. They just want to. They just want to control you and use you for everything they can get out of you. There's lots of people in this world like that, and that's a sad reality. But that, there are a lot of people like that. But nobody's going to praise them. People people shake their heads when they see him coming. Oh no! Oh, here comes old so and so. Watch him. Watch him. Ain't nobody gonna brag on him now, and ain't nobody gonna brag on him when he gets to the next world. Amen. Because I can guarantee you, somebody with a crooked or a twisted, perverted heart ain't somebody that knows and follows the Lord Jesus Christ. And that person is gonna regret it for their all eternity. Verse nine. He that is despised. And hath a servant is better than he that honoreth himself and lacketh bread. He that is despised and hath a servant. Let me kind of rephrase this in a way it makes sense. The person who works hard and has enough. I didn't say the person who works hard and is a wild success and has abundance and everything that they need. We're talking about somebody that works hard every day and has enough food on the table and has roof over their head and clothes on their back. They're not in excess in any way, but they got everything they need. And they got somebody helping them to lighten their load, to have companionship throughout the day. That person has a lot. That person has a, more blessings than they realize. They've got everything they need, and they got somebody to help them along the way. And, and they may have to struggle 
to get what they need, but that kind of person ought to have enough sense not to be insulted. Somebody says, well, look, you ain't got what I got. Somebody tries to insult them. Listen to what it says there again. He that is despised, somebody making fun of him, mocking him, poking fingers. You, Boy, you ain't no good at what you do. I work, I work half as hard as you and make twice what you make. I mean, again, look at the truck I drive. What are you driving old jalopy for? I mean, anybody, there's people like that. I, I mean, I remember I, I, when, my, when I was growing up, my dad was a roofer in Paris. Him and about two or three other roofers, they, they always jawed at each other at Paris Lumber. Always, my business is better than your business, you know. Always trying to tear the other one down. And I, I never did understand that. I mean, all we're doing is putting shingles on houses. I don't understand what the big deal is, you know. We're all going home at the end of the day. Nobody's, no, we ain't fighting each other for these jobs. So, I mean, I don't understand what the big deal is. But some people just, they just want to try to run somebody else down to make themselves feel bigger, I guess. But the Bible says, look here, even if somebody's making fun of you, if you've got, look, if, you, if you're making a living and you got somebody helping you, have enough sense not to let the other thing bother you. Just work and do, do right. Just listen, just, just, just be thankful that I've given you the ability to get out there and work. Just thankful that I've got I've got you a helper. Just be thankful that you that you're able to do something, and don't let don't let it bother you. Because the other half of that says says said he's better that he that honoreth himself and lacketh bread. Now that's a that's that's a ridiculous man, if you ask me. This is a man who's proud for proud's sake. He may not be doing no good, but he wants everybody else to think he is. He, he, you know, he, he, he struggled to make a high-dollar truck payment, just drive around a nice truck, make it like he's making all kinds of money just to show other people up. That's the kind of person that, that the Lord's talking about here. I know we ain't talking about brand-new trucks in this verse, but I'm just trying to give you an example. This person is a fraud that pretends to be something for the sake of impressing other people. Yet at the end of the day, He's left alone with his lies and his emptiness. Again, he honored himself but lacked the bread. He said, look here, that fella that works hard every day, busts his knuckles and does right, that fella's a whole lot better off than the guy who's struggling to keep his image up for everybody else. Just be an honest, honest person and work a hard day's work, do what you do, and you don't have to hang your head for it. That's what God's saying. Just just, just be a, be a good, good person that does a good job for other people. Verse 10, I may stop on this one, I don't know. A righteous man regardeth the life of his beast, but the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. Now, I hate to admit it, but when I was a kid, I, 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 I was probably unnecessarily cruel to an animal a time or two in my life. And I regret that, looking back on it. I'm talking about like a possum or something. I maybe I was beat up on a stick or something I shouldn't have done. I mean, I, you know, I look back on stuff like that and I think, why was I like that when I was a kid? I don't know why I'd have been mean to a, a defenseless animal. But, you know, it only happened once that I can remember. But, you know, I remember kids who, they, they just be cruel to animals just for the sake of being cruel. I've known people like that that are just... 
they they got no they got no concern for the life of an animal. Uh, you know, I've worked in the slaughterhouse, but even working in a slaughterhouse, uh, and my son Jackson's working on the kill floor in the slaughterhouse right now, and he's one of the most tender-hearted people that I've ever ever known when it comes to animals. Uh, just the thought of an animal getting hurt, he just fall apart. And, and we were just we were discussing, me and Mom were discussing, you know, it's kind of hard to believe he's back there and working the kill floor now. But, but you know, even doing that, I've seen those people, you know, they're careful. They're careful to do it right. They're careful. They, it's a job they have to do, but they're careful not to, not to let the animals have to suffer. They want to make sure that it's as painless as it can be. You know, and, and that's the way it should be. That's the way that's, that's the way people should treat animals, and I know we're just, this this one verse is stuck out like an island in the midst of all this other stuff. But it's there to say this: God cares for animals. God really does. I'm not up here to be a bleeding heart, whiny liberal tonight, but I want you to know something: God cares about animals. He cares for their lives. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 29, he says, "Are not two sparrows?" Sold for a farthing, which is very, very little. That's a piece of a penny. And he said, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. And, you know, a lot of people preach that verse, and they, they preach it wrong. They they, they they say, you know, that that a little sparrow dies in the forest somewhere, and it, it, it falls to the ground, and it doesn't happen without father knowing about it. But that's not what that verse says. It says, it shall not fall on the ground without your father. So that tells me God loves the little birds in the forest that maybe never seen a human being in their whole life. God loves those animals so much that when that little bird shudders for the last time and falls off that limb toward the earth, that the father ain't don't just know about it. He's there and lays that little bird down. He doesn't fall to the ground without your father. And the next verse says, "Are you not worth many more than many sparrows?" God, God loves us so much more than He loves the sparrows, but He loves the sparrows. Psalm one hundred four, verse twenty five through twenty seven. The Bible says, "So is this great and wide sea, wherein are things creeping innumerable, both small and great beasts. There go the ships." There is that Leviathan. That was a multi-headed sea creature that the Israelites killed and drug up onto the shore and had a barbecue with when they crossed the Red Sea. That's in 76, Psalm 76, I do believe. The Bible says, there go the ships. There is that Leviathan whom thou hast made to play therein. These wait all upon thee, that thou mayest give them their meat in due season. All the creatures in the sea, God says, they wait on him to feed them. God cares about the animals. So God wants a godly man or a godly woman to care about the animals' lives and respect them and treat them with the kindness that they deserve and not treat them as though they were just to be abused or mistreated in whatever way. So what what do I get out of this verse? I get this. I get that the person who loves the Lord, the righteous, the godly man or woman, 
will treat their animal, whether it be their little dog or their little cat or their sheep or their goat or their pig or, or their emu or, or their donkey or whatever they got in their yard, whatever they got on their farm, they'll treat it with care and compassion. They won't just neglect them. They won't be mean to them. I mean, because that animal is theirs. It's given to them by God. God gives us authority over those animals, but we're to exercise that authority with care and compassion. Animals that are under our care, they have to be provided for. They need clean food and water and bedding, and they should never be abused. And God don't like an animal being abused. I'll give you an example in the Bible. In Numbers chapter 22, verse 21 and following, Balaam, God didn't like Balaam whooping his donkey. It said, and Balaam rode up in the morning and, and saddled his ass and went with the princes of Moab. Balak, the, the king of Moab, he, 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 wanted, he, wanted, uh, he wanted Balaam to curse the children of Israel. And so it says, and God's anger was kindled because he went, and the angel of the Lord stood in the way for an adversary against him. Now he was riding upon his ass, and two servants were with him. And the ass saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way, and his sword drawn in his hand. Donkey seen this. And the ass turned aside out of the way, cutting around sideways like it. And, and Balaam smote the ass to turn, it, turn her into the way. But the angel of the Lord stood in the path of the vineyards, a wall being on this side and a wall on that side. And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she thrust herself into the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall, and he smote her again. The angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn either to the right hand or the left. And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she fell down under Balaam. Balaam's anger was kindled, and he smote his ass with a staff. The Lord opened the mouth of the ass, and she said unto Balaam, What have I done to thee that thou hast smitten me these three times? Well, don't you know when that donkey turned around and spoke? <laughs> well, that was something. And Balaam said, and then he talked back, and that was even crazier. Balaam said unto the ass, Because thou hast mocked me. <laughs> you made fun of You didn't hurt me. You, you made a fool out of me. He said, I would. I wish there was a sword in my hand, I'd kill thee. That's what he said. He said, I would that there was a sword in my hand, for now I would kill thee. And the ass said to Balaam, Am I not thine ass, whom thou hast ridden ever since I was unto this day? Was I ever wont to do so unto thee? Have I ever done this before? And he said, Nay. He sounded like a donkey himself, didn't he? <laughs> he said, Nay. Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way, with his sword drawn in his hand, he bowed down his head and fell flat on his face. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Wherefore hast thou smitten thine ass three times? What you whoop your donkey for? What in the world? Behold, I went out to withstand thee, because thy way is perverse before me. And the ass saw me and turned from me these three times. Unless she had turned from me, surely now I had slain thee and saved her alive. See, God cared more for that donkey than he did Balaam at that moment. See, God, God cares for animals. He really does. And, and you know, and we need to remember that. I know they aggravate us sometimes, but we need to remember God cares about it. But the second half of that verse, and I think I'll stop after that one, the Bible says, but the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. Again, I've watched people who who 
are mean and abusive to animals. I've been, my daddy rode horses. We went on trail rides. I've been to rodeos. I've been all around horse people all for years and years and years and years. And they some of them good as gold, and they take care of their horses like they're their babies, their children. And then there's some that'll just beat them with a shovel if they don't get in the trailer. There's ones who'll just whoop a horse until the horse is, is so mentally exhausted that it just nearly falls down. That ain't no way to treat an animal. I've seen people that free and lock their dogs out in the freezing cold and put them on a big old heavy chain. I mean, this ain't no way to treat an animal. And I'm not up here to be for advocating for animals' rights tonight or nothing. But you know what? God says we ought to do things right. And we need to be careful. We need to make sure that we that we conduct ourselves. And I'm, I'm talking to me because my dog will frustrate me worse than anybody in the world. <clears throat> I don't like to stand out in the cold. I don't know if y'all do either, but 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 we need to be we need to be careful that we we handle ourselves right because little things can set us off and get us aggravated and mad and saying stuff quicker than we know. Um, but again, the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. Romans 8.22, the Bible says, For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. Animals are groaning in pain. That, you know what? That, God says it right there in his word. The whole creation is groaning in pain. It ain't, it ain't the way the animals want it either. You know, this whole world this whole world's a sinful place, and, and we, we know it, and we're aware of it, that it, it, it's not the best. You know, animals animals sense that too. That this world ain't it ain't the best world, and they grown. I guarantee you, they'd rather be out in the field playing somewhere than under a yoke of burden. I guarantee you, uh, they 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 just soon eat grass all day long as to have to have to work or have to give their bodies for for food. But you know, that's just the way it is. But the last part of this verse, what I want to hit before we go. Adam Clark says this, and I'll stop with this. He said, "The wicked, influenced by Satan." can show no other disposition than what is in their master. They appear at any if they appear at any time merciful, it's a cloak which they use to cover up purposes of cruelty. Like when it, come here, come here, here. Bang! You know what I'm saying? They can't show any other disposition than what's in their master. And that's deception. That's lies. That's a false front. And I want to say this tonight, and there may be somebody dispute this with me, probably not in here, but there may be somebody listening in that does. But if somebody doesn't have Jesus, you know they really can't love. They really can't love. I mean, listen, they have they have natural feelings of affection, but they don't really know how to love. You can't really love until you know the one who created love, the one who is love. Again, a lost man, a lost woman can have affection, but I don't know if they can really experience true love because until you know Christ, you don't know what love is. Let's stand together. We're going to dismiss and we're going to go back yonder and we're going to have us some ice cream and cake. Amen? But I encourage you. I encourage you to take the things that God is teaching us in Proverbs and file those away because you're going to need them. You're going to need them. I, I remember hearing about uh, a, a preacher who was on trial for some reason or other. It was falsely accused of something, but he defended himself only by using the book of Proverbs. 
and was successful. But I'm telling you, no matter what you're facing in life, God's got wisdom for you that'll help you. Hide it in your heart. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, I love you so much. I thank you for your people. I thank you, Lord, for your house. I thank you, Lord, for your word. And I thank you for your spirit. And I thank you most of all for your son who gave his life for us, shed his blood for us, so we might have eternal life. And Father, I pray for each one. Lord, who is here tonight, I thank you for each one, Lord, of their presence. And, Lord, I, I thank you for each one who will watch this, who, who watched tonight, who will watch it at a later time. And, Lord, I pray that you use it to minister to their hearts and meet their needs and direct their lives, Father God. Help us, Lord, to, uh, to take the truth that we hold, Lord, not to, not to hold it in secret, but to share it with others who need it. Lord, may we always be looking and be ready to apply the things that we've learned to give others what they need in their lives. They might come to know you. Lord, I pray you bless us now. Bless the food we're about to receive. Take care of us and bring us back here safely on Sunday. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.